Welcome in to the left turn here on X106, a championship edition of the left turn. Not our championship special from last week. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mader with you. Hello. But three 2019 champions have been crowned. They're not new champions. All three of them have won in their respective series before, but they are champions nonetheless in 2019. Yeah, um, as you mentioned, Matt Crafton, Tyler Reddick, Kyle Busch, all back to championship glory again in their careers. Um, they all did it in, in different ways. Um, and we have a lot to talk about from this last weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway. We'll start with the headliner. We'll start with the big one. That's the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Again, Kyle Busch picking up his second career championship. I think the big storyline with this one is if you put an asterisk, next to his first one because he didn't run the whole season. That was the season he got injured in the Xfinity race at Daytona, missed a a good portion of the season, came back, went on an absolute tear, won the championship. If there was an asterisk next to that, there really isn't next to this one. And I will argue even before there shouldn't be an asterisk next to that first one because what he did and how he won it I think is even more impressive than if he would have raced the whole season and won it because not only – you know, he missed 11 races during that season. He had to win a race to qualify for the playoffs under that format. Then he had to get into the top 30. And then he was able to point his way through to the championship four. Didn't win a race in the playoffs after tearing off four wins in the regular season. Was able to win a, a one-race scenario in 15. And then, you know what I saw yesterday in that performance? That was a Jimmy Johnson-style championship performance. Dominate part of the season like they did be just good enough for a part of the season like they were. I mean, they they had speed the last half of the season, but they weren't the fastest car. They weren't the best car. Got themselves in a situation to win the championship, and they won the championship. Well, we could argue that the who would have been the champion in a normal format or not this format hasn't won. It's been, you look at, you kind of have guys that maybe aren't the best all year win the championship. This is not the case. Kyle Busch, yes, He's not number one in wins. He only ended up with five, and say only because Truex had seven. Hamlin had six. But he wins this race, wins the championship. He was your regular season champion. You have to remember that. That's 26 races, top of points. Average finish-wise, an 8.9, that's going to put him first on that board in terms of season-long average finish. And I think that's really important to to look at when when you look at champions. And we're going to get to more of – an argument later with Matt Crafton because in the truck series, you kind of can't get around it. The best driver all year didn't win the championship, but it's not as skewed and as bad as, as you think it is. But back to the Cup Series, Kyle Busch, yeah, not the most wins, but you have the second most top fives, the only driver with more, Denny Hamlin. He had 19, Kyle Busch had 17. He has the most top 10s in the series with 27. Think about that, 27 of the 36 races, Kyle Busch was, was in the top yeah. 10. He was he was super consistent all year. Um, you know, in the playoffs, he wasn't the fastest car for most of the playoffs. And, but he was always there. But he, he did what he had to do because he had that cushion. Now, had Kyle Busch not had the cushion that he built up, who knows? Um, it, it, it's so difficult to gauge everything leading up to Homestead. Um, I know there's going to be people that say, well, he struggled the second half of the season or whatever. Well, because he knew he was in the playoffs. He, he didn't have to push it. When it came down to yesterday was a game seven, and when it came down to it, Kyle Busch was the best when it mattered the most. I'm not even going to say Kyle Busch was necessarily the best. His team was. But his team was. As a whole, that group made zero mistakes. You look at Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex, Denny Hamlin, 
all three of those teams made mistakes at different points of the race that either threw their chance out the window or made it a lot more difficult. Kyle Busch was the only one without one of those issues. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd say that Busch's team helped him, you know, win the championship, whereas Truex and, and Hamlin's, and I think you could argue Harvick's as well, helped them lose the championship. And I think this performance yesterday and really the whole race yesterday kind of epitomizes how much of a team sport NASCAR actually is. And you look at Kyle Busch, there were different parts of the race. For much of that race, he was the second fastest car. Early on, it looked like it may have been Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Truex, Hamlin. And then Truex, he started dominating. It looked like he was going to run away with it. Busch was there in second. Harvick, kind of like they have all year, a little less downforce on that car, a little bit sleeker. You could see the higher straightaway speeds, but long runs, he seemed to lose speed. I thought he was going to wreck. I, I think if it would have come down to a late race restart, Kevin Harvick would have possibly ended up your champion because that I, car had a ton of short yeah. run speed, but it was two or three laps. That's all he had, and then he started fading back. For most of the race, Denny Hamlin was a non-factor, and then sun goes down, and all of a sudden, here comes Denny Hamlin. He might have had the fastest car in the race, but then at the end... Again, all these other teams made mistakes, so we don't know would Hamlin have had the fastest car. Would he have been able to run down Bush because they threw that chance away? So we'll kind of talk about some of these issues now. Started with Martin Truex Jr. dominating, running away with it. It He was the car to beat for the first stage. Well, it had that similar feel as Martinsville where Martin Truex was just going to run away and and it it was going to be over early, and then they did something I don't know – it happens every once in a while. I don't know how it happens in this big of a race. They swapped tires, meaning the left side tires ended up on the right side. The right side tires ended up on the left side. And I know for some that may not sound like an issue. But you're talking different tire let's, pressures. Let's, for a second, let's kind of dive into the engineering side of this to explain why that car's undrivable. You mentioned different air pressures. It creates different stagger. You have when these cars with with these types of tires, you're talking 20, 25 different pounds of air pressure more on the right side than the left side. What that does is the tire then expands more. So then the circumference around the tire bigger on the right side. Why do you want it bigger on the right side to help with your stagger? Your stagger is the difference in that circumference between the, the right to the left side. If you're you know, the best way to give an example is take a, you know, your red solo cup, roll it. It's always going to turn wherever that, that smaller side is. In this case, the smaller side's on the left side. So that stagger helps cars turn. You get that reversed, that car now wants to turn right. Show of this, the, our, our show's the left turn. It is for a reason. They're turning left on these ovals. It, it's not going to work. I've personally... I've been on a team. We did that in practice. I, I, I can say it and embarrass myself now because no one knew in practice. I almost junked a pro truck at the fairground speedway in Nashville because we did that. Somehow I caught the truck, got it to pit road. We fixed the issue. It, it happens. Sometimes you, you mix them up. Sometimes it, it happens. And but it's impossible to drive when that's the case. They caught those caught it on the access road coming out of pit road it's Cole, that it is that I mean, difficult to that's, drive that's the, and cole pern said that he knew as soon as he pulled away that um that had happened you, well you can see it too, yeah. just with the car the way the car sits because the tires are bigger well the car's set up is for the it right the side right side it, it would ride on the splitter more because the right side tires when you put the lefts on the right would be 
would be bigger, and, and then there was a concern of, of the splitter up. something, and it might have been Regan Smith, that this might have played into a factor of why Truex was not near as fast the rest of the race. Because that it, right was a splitter. front splitter drug around that racetrack for a while, and these splitters are so sensitive. Right, like, and it was only a lap or two, but you mentioned how sensitive the you, splitters well, you are. Change, you it change, doesn't, just doesn't take much. Maybe not on the, you know, you have a certain downforce percentage. You take some numbers in the, t- I mean, it's just tenths to maybe hundredths of a number. You take that, that's going to equate to speed. It made of that, that mistake. We don't know for sure on the back end whether it cost him some speed, but ends up a lap down, gets back on the lead lap, but then the rest of the race, he's chasing his championship competitors well, and, to try to get back up there. And then the, the strategy at the end by, um, by Truex and Harvick was kind of baffling to me. Um, we've seen in years past, as soon as one of the championship four get guys down come pit down pit road, you go down pit road. Um, you want to be the first one, ideally, but not by a lot. See, I get what they're trying to do. I, I understand the idea that, hey, at that point, Bush and Hamlin kind of, you get to that point of the race, get into that final pit stop, which is where the, the issues for everyone else kind of come. You're not going to, you don't feel you can catch those two, do something different. You're trying to catch that caution. So you're up front, you know, you're going to be on the lead lap, but then you can come down knowing they're going to come down to get more tires as well. That's where tire wear really helps with that play because if you can stay out, you can get five ish laps on those tires everyone's coming back down but you you look at this race there was one caution all day that, that's that, where i mean it, this wasn't a race where there had been five or six cautions and i mean what from what you had saw during the race would make you say oh we're gonna get a caution i mean they were they were spread out for the most part um and, and there ended up not being a caution and you kind of got to play that way i didn't like the call i think like you said if it was a little bit hotter and I, I think tire because they they mentioned on the it was a little bit cooler than normal and we've seen this package when it gets cooler it gets more grip and I, I think and the other thing is you didn't see a lot of cars up at the wall no Kyle, Kyle Larson, Larson was, was Hamlin flirted with it a little bit but he never got all yeah. the way there and and so you don't have guys running up there maybe getting tire rubs there, there's not anything really to back up and think a caution's coming but if it's your only play. Do you make it? I don't know because in that situation, if a caution would have come out, you're actually – if a caution would have come out later, you didn't get the lead, but you, did, you didn't lose enough. It cost you all that much. I wasn't as upset with their decision. Hindsight, when it happened, I didn't quite get it because I thought they were giving up too much. But – in the end, it, for, for Harvick and Truex, I don't think it mattered because without a caution, they weren't going to get to Kyle Busch either way. Yeah, Denny Hamlin's the one that, that really kind of, I mean, I hurt for him because that car, as you, as you mentioned, didn't have a lot of speed early on. Well, it wasn't like it didn't have a lot of speed. But it just compared didn't to the, the other, other three, four. did not have a lot of speed. Um, and the sun goes down, and you could see that car had speed. Um, he, he took the lead on, on that restart. You thought, all right, here we go. Kyle Busch got him back. He was able to keep it somewhat close. He still would have needed a caution um, to See, catch. That's where I don't – you don't know for sure because he was the only one within striking distance. Before the pit stop, after the pit stop, between two and three yeah. seconds is where that lead hovered he, he based might have on had traffic. A chance. You, you have a track with a lot of fall off. You can you, you keep your car from falling off near as much as the other driver. 
you can catch quickly. I, I just don't know if putting a, a the, the piece of what, what we're going to get at is the piece of tape they decided to put on the grill, which these grill openings where airflow goes through, they're small to begin with, and they are so important to keeping these cars cool. They put a ton of tape on. I don't know if it was misplaced. The size of Marty Snyder's arm. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> Not wrong. But that's a lot of tape. It, it was a, it was, I mean, to put actual dimensions on it, I'm going to say a three by six to eight inch piece of tape. The grill opening is not, it's longer than that. But I mean, that's, you're covering up a lot of airflow. And I don't know if it was misplaced or I don't know if Denny Hamlin was saying this at the end to kind of cover for his crew chief. They knew, he basically said they knew they weren't going to get to Kyle if a caution didn't come out. So they had to be aggressive. They had to get more speed, and, and he was going to get there. The, the problem is the car overheated, and, and then you get stuck in a difficult situation. Now, here's the problem that, that I had. Here's what I would have done, and this is not what Denny Hamlin did. What Denny Hamlin and Chris Gabart chose to do was, you know, water was spewing out of it. Um, temps like, were pegged. Like a, like a fire hydrant. Yeah, temps were pegged. Um, and in that situation, if the grill's covered, it's not getting any cooler by still running. No. Um, so you go down and you pit, you lose a lap, and you're pretty much throwing away any chance you have of a championship. He would have needed two cautions. He would have needed one caution one to get, to on, get the on the lead lap, lap and then one to, to get within the same cycle as everyone else because he wasn't the well, first car it, lap he down. All, he, got, he got to the point late in the race where he would have just needed the one caution, but if that was me, I would have blown that thing to smithereens before I came in and... See and dash my championship chances. If it was a situation where kind of maybe some smoke's puffing out the back and you're not for sure, but you're like, hey, I think the engine's going, and it's not something you can fix, absolutely run that sucker till it blows. Now, nope. the other issue, I disagree with you. There was enough. Now, if there's 10, 15, yeah, you stay out there, and if it doesn't make it, it doesn't make it. There was enough laps that come down pit road because – it, that that engine was not going to make it. It was right. going to blow. There was there's no no one no one here's debating that that car would have made it to the end if Hamlin kept running, and that's where I think the situation the, the decision to come down, fix the tape issue, get that car back out there. You then give yourself an opportunity to come back from your mistake if you get the brakes. The brakes didn't come. If you stay out there and let the the, the engine blow. The race is over. But if, no but if you stay out there that. and you get the caution that you didn't get by pitting, then it, I mean it would have been it's it would have been argument. A, it's the same. It would have been a monster before, Is there? It was not a caution race. You weren't seeing guys right. making mistakes. It was green. It had the green feel. You weren't real. But the only chance you have, the only real chance you have of winning the race is if there is a caution. If you pit at that point, pitting is pretty much conceding. That late in the race, I agree win. with that. Um. I would have blown that thing to smithereens. I'd have either waited for a caution or been the caution. Um, and that's, that's obviously easy for me to say because I'm, I'm not the one that, that's driving this multi-million dollar um, piece of equipment or the engine builder or anything like that or the guy that has to try to explain that to my car owner. Um, and also I would have liked to have seen a caution late in the race just to make it interesting. But I would have ran that thing until it blew up. And who, who knows? Maybe it was really close to blowing up and they said um, if we don't pit this lap, it's going to blow. I don't know. But that pretty much, that ruined his day. I mean, it, it was over. Here's the one of the final points. So those are the three issues. Kyle Busch, one car without issues. He gets 
the championship. Again, the winner of the race wins the championship. And Kyle Larson was the only one of the championship four that ever kind of seemed to play a role in this race. Everyone else just kind of stayed out of the way. Didn't really end up with a uh, no one else had speed to really contend it was kyle larson and then once he had, had an engine failure it was the championship for kyle bush ends up with a win here was my issue with this race is and and i think we disagree on this a little bit is it had the same feel as watching super bowl 53 and let me explain that it's by no means was this an all-out bad race it wasn't like phoenix last week where we were just kind of this is our championship race next year. It wasn't a bad race. You had comers, you had goers, you had good racing on restart that, that lasted for a while. Uh, you, had, you had the drama. But for a championship event, a, 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 you said it, a game seven feel, you have all of this hype leading up to it. You think it's going to be this great race, and then you end up with something that didn't live up to the hype. Yeah. Like Super Bowl 53. No one left watching that Super Bowl from their Super Bowl parties, thinking that they had you're, a great time. You're not wrong to an extent, but let's look at the other five NASCAR championship races we've had. 2014, okay, that was a pretty pretty darn good race. 2015 was pretty boring. 2016, where Jimmy Johnson wins the seventh title, Carl Edwards tries to block like it's that was, Daytona. <laughs> that was To me, that was the most entertaining championship race we've had. Because each driver in the last 10 laps, whether it was Bush, Logano, Edwards, or Johnson, had a chance to win. 2017, that was kind of boring. Martin Truex Jr. just kind of dominated. Last year was entertaining because Joey Logano came on late. This year, if I had to rank them in terms of the six playoff races, I would probably put this one fourth or fifth. It's not in the top half. It wasn't great. It wasn't awful. I agree with your Super Bowl 53 notion of, you know, it wasn't. For what it's tabbed as it's supposed to be. For the fact that it is, you create the championship four for this end of the season clash between four drivers, one race for a championship. You go into it with higher expectations mm-hmm. than what the race delivered. You go into wanting, you go for for sports fans. Now I know people go and watch commercials in the Super Bowl sometimes just a social gathering, but for sports fans, you go to the Super Bowl or you go and watch the Super Bowl, and you you're ready for this this epic battle of two teams and then when it's not that you just leave a little bit disappointed yeah and that was the feeling yesterday is that you just wanted a little bit more that i guess that's a, a great way of putting because i kind of felt that way too i was like man like i didn't know how to feel like it wasn't a great race it wasn't an awful race i'm just like man you know if this was a middle of the season race i'd have left going okay cool and, and that's i think that's the point i'm trying to get at but is, it's like man this is homestead like i this is the last time I get to watch a NASCAR race it, for three months. And I thought this while watching this. I'm like, if this is the race we get in March, it's a pretty good, pretty good It'll show. It'll be all right. Won't be great. Won't be awful. I can live with this. But for the championship event, you just you go like, with the way we talked about it on Monday. You go into it expecting this this battle between these four, and maybe we would have gotten it if they wouldn't have made mistakes. And you, you get that sometimes, and sometimes you get championship duds. I mean, we just mentioned Super yeah, Bowl 53. It has been, and there's been a lot worse than Super Bowl 53. I mean, so you get them, and you end up with a situation where, you, like you said, you're just kind of like, well, it happened. Kyle Busch is the champion. Let's get to Daytona. 
There wasn't a dud Saturday night, though. It was not. It was not a dud. We're going to talk about that next here on the left turn. Welcome back to the left turn here on X106. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mater talked about the Cup Series champion, Kyle Busch, his second career championship. Now for the Xfinity Series, Driver also picking up his second career Xfinity championship. His first, or his back-to-back Xfinity Series champions. Also, the first ever to pick up a back-to-back championship, driving for two different car owners, that being the driver of this year. Number two in Richard, for Richard Childress Racing, Tyler Reddick. I would just like to point out that we were both really wrong about Tyler Reddick about a year and a half ago. Very. Um, Very. We look, and I'll admit, we look stupid. I'll, I, didn't think, I didn't think he was a Cup Series driver a year and a half ago. I thought he was a borderline Xfinity Series driver. He did what he had to do last year, ends up winning the championship at Homestead, then came out this year and proved that it was not a fluke. Um, was one of the top three cars all year, and I will argue that he had the third fastest car throughout most of the year, but was able to win when it mattered most and is a back-to-back champion. And I think he's someone that could surprise next year in the Cup Series when he moves up to the eight car with Richard Childress. And it was a season where, again, it was the big three, Cole Custer, Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, and I think we can now also mention all three are headed to the Cup Series. Cole Custer will drive the 41 car next year. Daniel Suarez out of that ride. So all three of those. Side note, that's going to be an unbelievable rookie class. It's going to be one of the best ones that and we've had in recent memory. Um, like, th- those three battled it out again here in this one. Who's your way too early rookie of the year pick? Way too early? I'm going Cole Custer. I, I think in terms of quality of rides they're in, Cole Custer's in the best one. Well, I think Christopher Bell's going to have a really quality ride because there's going to be enhanced support from Joe Gibbs. But I think we're going to see Custer be more consistent then we will Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell's probably going to have some runs where it's like, holy cow, he's fourth or he's fifth or he's competing for a win. And then it's going to be, well, he's in the wall. Um, I think Custer will be more consistent. Um, I think Custer is a borderline playoff driver next year. You look at the way he races, the way he runs a mile and a half. One, I think one of the three, if I was to say one of the three will make it in the playoffs. I, I, I would go as far as to say two of the three will make it in the playoffs. I think Custer and Bell are in good positions because um, Bell's going to have speed, and he's probably going to contend for wins. Tyler Reddick, I don't know about because um, we haven't seen RCR have the speed um, as of late. But I don't know. He he could be up there continuing. They, they were fast yesterday, and they've shown short-run speed all year long. So who knows? That's going to be a fun rookie class. Um I think what's going to be really interesting next year is the Xfinity Series. Those three are gone. There's no big three It now. is wide open. I mean, who would be your way too early championship for him? Oh, goodness. Um, Ross Chastain. Yep. I, I think you got to put Justin Allgaier in that conversation. Yep. Austin Sendrick, assuming he's back in the 22s there. Uh, Chase Briscoe. I agree if, with... If he stays with Stuart Haas. We don't know where everyone's at for sure. I think Brandon Jones, Harrison I think, Burton. I think, yeah, I, was, I, I think I'd Noah go as Gragson's far as putting, as well. putting either Harrison Burton or Brandon Jones See, in my championship for... For me, you, you look at this this group of Xfinity Series drivers for next year, who we think's going to be there. 
and some of the the ones we know is if okay one thing we did learn daniel hemrick is going to drive most of the year in the eight car for junior motorsports next year if they were giving him the keys to that car it would be all 33 races i would be picking him as my champion probably doing it matt crafton style and not winning a race <laughs> but daniel him but he's not so the the thing is we just mentioned eight nine drivers this is the most open it's been in a long time for the xfinity series yeah um you mentioned austin Sindrick. we don't know what john hunter nemechek's plans are sounds like he's gonna that move 23 up. cars whoever's in the 23 it's had a lot of improvements or and that could be a situation where a guy like Brett Moffat moves up. Um, but we know he's back in the 24 yeah. GMS, but does he run both? Well, and, or does he actually stay in the 24? Do they move him up to the 23? There's, there's still a lot of things we do not know. Um, with the Which makes it hard, but if I had to, if I had to do one pick and, and make my way to early pick right now, I'm going Justin Allgaier. I'm going to Ross Chastain for my way. I did this last year, though, too, and his team folded in January. Um, and then he ended I don't, up I don't not, think his team's folding think, in January. It, my way to early championship four would be Ross Chastain, Chase Briscoe, um, Harrison Burton, and probably Justin Allgaier. See, I'd go Elliott, or not Elliott, Allgaier, excuse me, Allgaier, Briscoe, Ross, Ross, Chastain. Ross Chastain, and then I think the fourth, I might go Noah Gragson just because it's his, his second year, but yeah. Cendrick there as well. Gibbs cars are going to have speed next year. That, yeah, um, I, I think one of those three Gibbs guys probably not Riley Herbst, probably they're going to be repairing a lot of race cars. But I Riley think Brandon Herbst. Jones and Harrison Burton are going to be competing for wins. I mean, Harrison Burton has shown to be faster in the Xfinity series than he has been in the Truck series. Brandon Jones has shown speed as of late. Those two guys, I think, are going to surprise people in 2020. And Tyler Reddick, your 2019 Xfinity Series champion, won the race, had to win the race. Cole Custer finished second, and. and Again, it's, it's the season these three put together. We we talked about. I, I'm gonna yes, Cole Custer, Christopher Bell had the most speed this season. Tyler Reddick, and, and we'll get to this argument here in segment number three when we talk about the trucks. We're gonna save it for then. But most consistent driver this season. Yes, he was third on the win list with six. Custer had seven. Bell had eight. Twenty four top fives more than anybody. Twenty seven top tens more than anybody. Average finish, 6.3, a solid two positions better than anyone else. He was also would have been your, your non-playoff champion, too, by 35 points over Christopher Bell. Um, so he would have won the championship under the old system, the new system. Doesn't matter. Wouldn't matter. So although Tyler Reddick kind of came in as, as driver number three, the consistency is there. And, again, we're going to have an argument about that later. Maybe not an argument. We might, we might agree. But I think we're going to agree. We're going to talk about it later with, with Matt Crafton. And, but the, the closest driver in terms of average finish is actually Chase Briscoe at 8.2. Custer was at 9, Christopher Bell at 9.1, and Allgaier at 9. So Chase Briscoe will forever wonder what could have been if Garrett Smithley wasn't Garrett Smithley. Um, you know, Briscoe had speed. Here's the thing about that. If if Briscoe ends up winning that race, Tyler Reddick would not have had an opportunity. Yeah, he would have been the odd man out. So, interesting things the way one guy needs to be mad at Garrett Smithley. Tyler Reddick might. I, I still think Christopher Bell would have got Briscoe, but we, we didn't have that opportunity to find out. I think Tyler Reddick 
probably should send a Christmas card to Garrett Smithley. Yeah, no, because, I mean, then we're probably talking about I, what I would have said, probably Cole Custer being your Xfinity Series champion. So again, Tyler Reddick picks up the Xfinity Series title, his second in two years, his second of his career. Won't have an opportunity as a third because he's moving to the Cup Series, as is Cole Custer, as is Christopher Bell. So again, Xfinity Series wide open for next season. Going to take a break, come back. We're going to talk about the Truck Series race, talk about the Truck Series champion, and then we got a lot to talk about and, and how Matt Crafton got it done. We'll do that when we get back on the left turn. Welcome back to the left turn here on X106. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mater with you as we'll now turn to the Truck Series, in which this was the one race over the weekend. The winner of the race did this not win the championship. This is the one where all the idiots came out on Twitter about... <laughs> Twitter was a, uh, a a tough place yeah. to be Friday night. Twitter is awesome and sucks at the same time. But Austin and NASCAR Twitter so is the worst. As, as Trevor mentioned, we'll actually get to this in a minute. But real quick, I need to congratulate Trevor on his 2019 Left Turn Championship. wasn't clinched. It was comfortable heading into the weekend. He clinched it Friday night. Trevor takes the left turn championship 2,621 to 2,546. So and unlike Matt Crafton, I did win some races. He did. However, not, not many. And we'll, you know what? We'll get to this argument. I won a lot. It wasn't even close. I won a lot more races than Trevor did. Just wasn't as consistent. I got 42 winner's points to Trevor's 40. How many, tell me, how many total wins was that? Um, I think it... I, you're going to make me go count all of them. You had quite it, a... It was double digits. I yeah, know that. I think you had some, like, maybe 13. I had, like, six. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't was, have very I didn't have very many, but I was... The, the only category... You, you had more cup wins than me for a while, and then I was forced to pick Kyle Busch this week, and that turned out well. Yeah, I had the championship locked up, so, so I didn't care. The cup championship also went to Trevor, 1,002 to 949. Trevor also won the Xfinity Series championship, 961 to 933, and our closest battle... I won something. I got the truck championship 664 to 658. Ross Chastain would have won the race out of won the title. That's how close I was. So Darn it. Trevor picks up the one and probably only left turn championship because he, I think, still graduating. That's the plan. That's the that's hope got, at you least. Got, you got three weeks left. Yeah. That's, that's the hope is that I'm, I'm graduating. But, so, yeah, I'd like to thank my sponsors. I don't have any, but I'd like to thank him for <laughs> for you, you for want nothing. you want to show that in the future you're, yeah. you have the ability to thank. Yeah, them. there's a lot of skill that went into picking every week. There really wasn't. Trevor told me he'd point his way to a championship. He told me at the beginning of the season you will win more races, which is backwards from what I normally do on the <laughs> racetrack. But back to actual racing. Yeah, back to stuff people we do. care about. Uh, Trevor mentioned that this is going to be a really good trivia question in seven years, but. Austin Hill won the race in the truck series. And nobody cared. And he, he kind of dominated, led 56 laps, had the fastest car, and as Trevor said, no one Austin cared. Hill won four races this year, and I doubt there, there's people, there's NASCAR fans, I'm sure, that still don't have any idea who the heck Austin Hill is. Well, and especially when Matt Crafton finishes second. Matt Crafton takes a championship. was third of his career. Because he won back-to-back a while ago. So third championship for Matt Crafton. Christian Eckes, he finished third. And this is where this gets 
crazy in the truck series. Matt Crafton was not in the championship four. The 88 car, or the truck, was not in the owner's championship. Did not make it. The 51 did. Christian Eckes finished third. That is your owner's champion. No one cares. In the truck series. So Kyle Busch Motorsports does. I didn't get the chance to. Did they do a triple burnout? Would that not have been cool? No, for, I think for they, Austin rush, Hill, they rush everything out there so quick. I don't think Man, everyone if has If I was Eckes, I'd have. Because how cool would it have been to have Austin Hill and then Christian Eckes and then Matt Kraft. <laughs> Imagine many? the confusion when Christian Eckes is doing a burnout. Like, like eight-year-old me would have been, well, this is really cool, but I'm really confused yeah. right now. But it, it, I think it left a lot of fans confused as well because it was a Christian Eckes won the, won the owner's championship, which for most people doesn't matter. But for Kyle Busch Motorsports, that 51 truck, they always designate that goes after that title. Kyle Busch gets that title. Christian Eckes, Chandler Smith himself, Greg Biffle. Brandon Jones. Brandon Jones all played into. Did Riley Herbst run a few races in that truck, I think? I think. I think he ran Talladega. I think it. he did as well. Which it kind of gets weird with that as well because kind of interesting how, like, drivers points wise, Kyle Busch, Brandon Jones don't get credit for running the truck series, but yet the owner's points do. So. I like. I think the points count. The wins don't. It's really weird the way the owners' points work. But fifty-one wins the owners' championship again. Matt Crafton wins the drivers' championship. Ross Chastain finished fourth. Brett Moffat fifth. Stuart Friesen finished eleventh. It was all really close at the beginning of the race. All four were right there, and then Matt Crafton seemed to just have a good car. Everyone else faded, and Matt Crafton wins the twenty nineteen Gander Outdoor Truck Series championship. Here's the kicker. Here's the punchline. Matt Crafton, for only the second time in NASCAR history, in any of the three series, wins the championship without winning a race. Yeah, and there's a lot of idiots on Twitter that um, are not keen of this because NASCAR, whether we like it or not, NASCAR designed the playoff with the hopes of this not happening. And... They wanted to make this not happening, but the thing was, is everyone thought it was happening. It really it wasn't. This is the second time ever that it's happened amongst the, only, the three it's series. Never happened in the Cup Series. It happened with Austin Dillon in the Xfinity Series. I don't remember the 2013. year. 2013, before the playoffs were yep. put into the Xfinity Series, so it was under the old format. Austin Dillon did that. The original reason the chase was put into place back in, what, 2004? Yes. Was because Matt Kenseth won the championship with one win. Everyone was mad because someone won a championship without winning a race. Now, here's where this argument comes into play and why that doesn't matter. It's no matter what format you race under, no matter what format you do, whether it's playoffs, whether it's every race matters, it all goes towards a championship, you can win a race. You cannot win a race and win a championship. Why? Because it's not 1v1. You look at other That's, sports. It's one team versus one team. One team's always going to get a win. One team is always going to get a loss. As much as Talladega Knights messes with people, if you don't win, you're not last. You can finish fourth. That's, you know, and I brought this point up the other night to all these people that are, are whining um, about that he didn't win a race all season, yet he's the champion. There's two solutions to this. You can cut every cup driver or anything that's not running for points. You can ban them from racing in the truck series. 
and say, okay, well, only guys racing for the championship can win races. Because you look at this year, look at the guy, look at the amount of times a guy who wasn't racing for a championship won a race. Kyle Busch won his five. Greg Biffle won one. Um, was Spencer Boyd actually running for points? I don't I know. Mean, he would have declared for Truck Series points, but didn't run enough races to really be running for points. Yeah, so, okay, there's six wins right there that, that guys that weren't running well, for a championship. And we didn't go and do this. It would have been interesting. Where did Matt Crafton finish in those races? Yeah, um, he had a fast car all year. It wasn't like he was slow. It, it, but there's two solutions. Get rid of all the cup guys and non-points guys, or when we get to the playoffs, let's just have only the playoff and, drivers race. And, and nobody wants here's that. Here's the thing with Matt Crafton. He was one of two drivers that were in the playoffs without a win. You had a couple drivers that wouldn't have been in the playoffs without their win. Tyler Ankrum, Ankrum would not have made the playoffs without getting John, the win. Johnny Sauter. Sauter the same way without that win. Matt Crafton, you look at his season, we can go through this. He did not win. Brett Moffat had four. Ross Chastain had three. Stuart Friesen had two. Austin Hill had four. Look at everything else. Top fives, Matt Crafton only had seven. Ross Chastain had 10. Brett Moffat had 13. Stuart Friesen had 12. We'll throw Austin Hill into the argument as well because he was close to making the championship four. He had seven. Here's where it gets interesting. Top tens, Crafton had 18. Second on that list, Ross Chastain, 19. Brett Moffat, 17. Stuart Friesen, 16. Other thing, Grant Infinger. He might have won this championship back in the old format without a win anyways. He had 10 top fives, 18 top tens this season, did not get a win, was the regular season points champion, which is why he got in to the playoffs anyways. The key and one thing I will look at, and this is where I'm going to get into my statement, Matt Crafton's average finish was 8.8. You you look at the entire series, he tied for fourth. It was Grant Infinger, Stuart Friesen were tied for first, 8.5 in terms of average finish. Ross Chastain, 8.6. Brett Moffitt, Matt Crafton, 8.8. So we're talking a th- three-tenths of a position. I mean, so I know there's people saying, well, but, but, but his average finish was fourth best, right, by three-tenths of a position. And it's not like Friesen's average finish was 5.1 and Crafton's was 9-point-something. And here, here's the, the thing. And I, no matter what points format... No matter what you do, consistency will always matter in racing. Again, why? Because it's not 1v1. Yeah. You're always going to be 32 trucks on the track. You can finish first. You can finish second. You can finish third. You can finish 11th. And if you're finishing 7th, 8th, every time that, say, a Chastain or Moffitt or Friesen or Hill win – and you're finishing seventh, and then when you go finish second or third, as Crafton did, those trucks are wrecking, having mechanical failures. That's where you gain points. You make the playoffs, you did it because you were consistent. Then the next three rounds, if you're consistent through those, we've seen in every series, guys are going to have problems. There's going to be drivers that have three bad races or two bad races, and if you are just do what you need to do, you move on to the next round. 2015, Matt Crafton won six races. You want to guess where he finished in points? How about third? You know why? Well, 
and and Trevor's gonna make fun of me for how I did this, but after the truck race, I went dinosaur. I did this all on paper. Yeah, Jacob <laughs> forgot that computers exist. But I went back, and this does not include the Xfinity Series champion or the Cup Series champion of this year. But I went back to 2000. So you have four different formats on the on the Cup Series side. You've got the playoffs and then just the normal format for Xfinity and Truck. What I did is I looked at where everyone's, where the champion's average finish was versus how many races they won and where that landed on the list. One thing, just to, to put an asterisk to, to what I did here, is say a Kyle Busch in Xfinity, I kind of threw him out of the equation in terms of average finish. I left the wins in there because he did get a win and, and would have been on that list. But average finish, because they didn't run the full race, I didn't include them on the where they finished in terms of average finish. And then I did some math. I can still do that, even though I haven't had a math class since, like, junior year of high school. But 55% of all the champions that span over the three series had the best average finish of their respective series that season. 55%. Only 34% led the, the overall list in terms of wins per season. Kind of bumped that out a little bit more. 88% of the champions were at least in the top three in terms of average finish. Only 74% were in the top three in wins. Consistency will always, even if you, you create a format where winning plays a bigger role, win and you move on, win and you do this. As long as there are spots where points matter, as long as you don't have four races in a round where four drivers can lock themselves in consistency will always mean more than winning a race and matt crafted and it hasn't happened yet where we, we've seen it almost happen with ryan newman but matt crafton finally got it done consistency still is king i don't know that it'll ever happen in the cup series because you you throw in how vital the playoff points are and stuff um it could it certainly could if you have a guy that puts together a, a season um, you know, a guy like Kyle Larson would have been a perfect example if he wouldn't have won at Dover and then got to Homestead. The way he runs there, he could have done it. Um, I don't know if that ever happened in the Cup Series, but here's the thing. So we've had the playoffs for six years in the Cup Series. This was the fourth year for both the Xfinity and Truck Series. So you're saying 14 total sets of playoffs. One time out of 14, the driver has won the championship of the winning race. So you're saying 7% of the time that's going to happen. That's a very minuscule number. Here's one thing that's going to make some people mad if they're Jimmy Johnson fans. And what I looked at, going back to 2000, between all three series, who was the worst champion anyone has had? It was 2016 when Jimmy Johnson won the championship. Yeah. There's no asterisk next to that. Why? Because he had five wins, which tied the the terms of he was tied for first in that he had a 14th place average finish 10th for the series that year and as your worst champion that that if you want to go that way that any of the series have had most of the time top four average finish as i mentioned most of the time top three is where everyone is jimmy johnson was 10th so this format has done this before it's done it worse than than matt crafton in terms of someone being a championship or being a champion it was Jimmy Johnson in 2016. You look at 
Tyler Reddick in the Xfinity Series last year, seventh best average finish. This has happened before. The reason it was such a big deal this year is because it was that zero in the win column. Matt Crafton has had had a better season than champions and other series have had before. Yeah, he just didn't win a race, and I guess you know winning means everything to some people, which is like it, I said, if we're talking one v one, then yeah, but he it's about winning matchups, and he won the matchups he needed to win. And he's the champion. That's all there is to it. And I, I guess if you want to not have this happen, let's 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 make the Cars movie a reality. Make Homestead or Phoenix next year. We take the four, and that's all we see. They take twelve cars between the three series to Phoenix. No one else races. But is that? I mean, we're not in an animated movie. You're not going to get a good race that way. No. It's the whole season is not one v one. It's one v forty or one v thirty eight or one v thirty two, and because of that, this whole mindset of if you don't win, you don't get the job done, is not the case. You can finish second. You can finish third. You want a personal example, and I'm going to use me as an example because I do drive race cars. I've gone out and I have contended for championships. At least Matt Crafton was, you know, smelling wins. It was close to him. I wasn't even close. I was hanging on to the lead lap or half track behind, but I was finishing fourth and fifth, and I ended up second in track points with an opportunity to win a championship on the final night. And that is in a situation at a local dirt track where there is no playoff format. It's just throughout the whole season. And I almost backed my way into a championship because of consistency. It happens all across the country, and consistency will always be the number one determinant in who wins a championship, whether it's local dirt tracks, whether it's road course racing over in Europe, whether it's on the NASCAR circuit. Consistency is where it will get done. Yeah. You've said pretty much everything I was going to say, and I hope you feel really good now that you've been able to get all that off. I feel better. Okay, good. Sometimes being a driver myself, it yeah, it's a you know a very low level, but some of the, you can apply some of it, and I understand more so where these where the drivers come from, and and sometimes fans annoy me. Yeah, I wouldn't even say they sometimes annoy me. I would say they annoy me more than they don't. Um, and this is coming from a fan. So to wrap up the. 2019 season at least on the nascar side here on the left turn where we we still have what i have two more shows i don't know about trevor yeah we've got it we've got to give him a senior send-off show here at some point but we'll be off next we're not, week oh, so we're not doing next week we're we? off next week school's not in session kind of can't really get in here but after that we'll have one show and then we've got finals week I don't know where Trevor will be able to, to get here, but hopefully he's here for both of them. We've got two more shows, but in terms of, of those, it's more kind of the winter races, and we'll find stuff to talk about. But NASCAR is over. Looking to 2020 now, what do you want to see from the series? I know that there's some dates. They can't change a whole lot, but within the confines of what they can do, what do you want to see looking towards 2020? I want to see them take the giant spoilers off it. Of- short tracks and one mile tracks that, I mean, that's probably the big one for me um in terms of being realistic um 
Take them off at of Phoenix. Take them off at of New Hampshire. Take them off at of Martinsville. Take them off at of Richmond. Take them off at of Bristol. I think the big, and and the road courses for me. I, I want the series to show that, and it, sometimes it's hard to, to to you know sift through the Twitter and Facebook all the trolls that just say stuff to say stuff. I hate social media in that regard because some people just say stuff because they can, and it it hurts the sport. Because there's no positivity pretty much after every race. There's always negativity. and it, it, But you look at even media members, respected media members, that they're starting to say, let's get this fixed. I want to see the series realize there's an issue, come out and say there's one, and then try to fix it. It doesn't have to be done the, the first short track race of the year next year if they it's come out probably they, gonna take a dud of a short track race to get I, I want them to come out in the off season and say hey we're gonna try this and then if it doesn't work try something else but but consistently adjust things and that's that's things other series do and when they have issues with aero packages they they understand it and they try to fix it because and i said this i think i said this last week Arrow's not going away. As much as I want, and I think the fix is to get the cars off the ground, create ride height rules that that keep everything off the ground. The technology's to the place. The teams are going to get them right back to the ground, but just in a place where it, they're going to seal. Whether you get, I, I think, get, getting rid of splitters would help a lot. But regardless, teams are going to get these these noses on the ground. Arrow. It's not going away. They're never going to get rid of it. It's going to be a key talking point for the rest of time driving race cars. It's not going away. So continue to try to, to figure out the best way to go at it. I, I don't want to see stagnation and where it's like, well, we've got a new car coming in 2021. We're going to leave it be in 2020. I think that's the worst thing they could do and. and I don't think you need to touch the mile and a half. Nope, I, I would it's say just you the don't. short tracks and road courses that, that need a little tweaking, and I don't know if it's a big tweak. Like you said, just maybe pull the spoiler off. That, that might be all you need. But until you try, until you acknowledge that there's an issue, and that, that's one thing. I, just, I would love for NASCAR to have a hold of press conference and come out and not all the – like you, you hear them say, yeah, we're, we're looking into it. We're evaluating our options. Just come out and say, yeah, that wasn't real good today. We're going to look on how to make it better. I think just saying something like that in 2020 after a race like Phoenix one week ago, saying, you know what, that wasn't a great product today. We're going to look on how to fix it. That would go a long way with fans. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So we, we've kind of thrown around the idea, but with the last three minutes here for Cup, Xfinity and truck way too early 2020 picks for the championship we don't even know half of who's going to be in what truck or Xfinity series so this could change by next week but who is your champion way too early prediction for 2020 in each of the three series give me Christian Eckes in the trucks KBM is going to be fast Eckes is good he's shown speed give me Ross Chastain to finally get that feel-good story um in the Xfinity and the cup, I'm going Denny Hamlin. I feel like this year with you know the way it ended, 
it's going to leave a sour taste in his mouth. Now, we've seen that in years past, and then it's the year's not gone the next way, but we haven't seen that with him and Chris Gabehart. Do you mean Danny Hamlin? For me, I know for, for it's sometimes fun to disagree, but I think Denny Hamlin as well. It's the first year with Gabehart for Hamlin. Give them a second year with what they did this year. Those two really seem to work well together. That team might be unstoppable in, in 2020, and it might be his year. Hamlin's lost enough championships. He needs to get one. I he, he's If he's not already, he's really close to being the best driver to never win a championship. That That's something you never I, – I never want to ever have to say that about a driver. Let's get Denny as championship. And, well, he's going to have to go out and get it, but I think he, he will and – we don't have to have that discussion. Xfinity Series-wise, Justin Allgaier, with it opening up, with it being this wide open, he gets a championship. And then the Truck Series, Stuart Friesen. I think that that's my way too early pick just because... That's a good one. The, the improvement this year, they finally started putting full races together. Now you have an off-season to come back knowing what it takes to win a race, and now you can put it all together, and Stuart Friesen ends up champion. One last thing, Trevor. Championship four in the Cup Series. Give me Denny Hamlin. Um, I'm going to say Kyle Larson. We do this every year. Yeah, and then we regret it. Give me Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, Kevin Harvick, and Chase Elliott. I'm going to say Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, don't make it. See, I'm going to give my what I kind of think. It's more what I want. Not necessarily what I think. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think but, that's kind of the way I would, but, too. But Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, and I think I'm going to give the exact same championship four I predicted last year, Eric Jones. I think. Did you have Ryan Blaney instead I of... I think I had Ryan Blaney. Yeah. but You didn't have Denny Hamlin. I did not. Yeah, yeah. Yours was like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, I said. I said last year, was it was an all-time... I mean, it could go down as an all-time bad take because I had, I said, young the young drivers will take over the sport. The old guys are out on their way, and then Kyle Busch ends up the youngest in the championship. Four. I think we'll see kind of half and half next year. I, you know, I think with, so with Hamlin too. Hamlin and Harvick. Or, there's been enough years with Larson and Elliott and Blaney. They're I think getting a guy to that like point. Ryan Blaney is dangerous come the playoffs when he can finally totally get things figured out because he's been consistent. Um, but I think it's kind of half and half next year. So give me Elliott, Larson, Hamlin, and Harvick. Agree. Uh, but again, I'm going to go Hamlin, Elliott, Larson, and then Eric Jones gets it figured out. I said that last year, and he struggled a little bit yeah, this year. Yeah, and you were wrong. I'm wrong a lot. It's okay. They're way too early. And that'll do it for us here on the left turn this week. And we're off next week. We'll be back in two weeks with one of our final two shows of the calendar year. Send Trevor off as a senior. He's finally graduating, we think. We hope. We hope. But that'll do it for us here on the left turn. Again, Kyle Busch, Tyler Reddick, and Matt Crafton, the three champions in NASCAR this year. Now we can all prepare for February 2020 at Daytona. We'll talk about some short track racing over, over the winter, but and that'll do it for us here on the left turn. Trevor Mater, Jacob Blair. Goodbye. Had to get that in. It's been the left turn on X106.